0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Read through the first 13 verses of Luke 11. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture, and if you've been at our church for any length of time, preached on this passage a number of times, And tonight will help us out. Luke chapter 11, verse number one. The Bible says this, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verse five, Luke 11, verse five, and he said unto him, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in beds. Everybody's asleep now. I cannot arise and give thee. Jesus speaking says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth and i say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that seeketh or excuse me everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father will he give him a stone or if he ask a fish will he for a fish give him a serpent Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? It's an awesome portion of scripture. And a lot of people think that Luke 11 uh, goes right along with Matthew chapter number five. Matthew 5, the Beatitude, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Beatitudes right at the beginning, and then you get into Matthew chapter number six. And Matthew six, Jesus teaches about prayer. People think, oh, well, those these two they go right by right side by side. They don't. Matthew five is kind of early on in the Lord's ministry. We'll cover that on Sunday nights in our Red Letter series. That's the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus just teaches them. He introduces to them the idea of prayer and a relationship with God. Remember, the Jews up till this point, they don't really think that a, an individual. Can connect with God relationally themselves. They think that, you know, we have to go through the priest. So Matthew 5, Jesus teaches them otherwise, right? The Sermon on the Mount, Luke 7, Matthew 5, it is contrary thinking, right? Remember the passages? Luke 7 records it this way. You say that a man should do this. I say, or God says that this should happen. Kind of the same in the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 5, Jesus teaches relationship, Matthew 5 and 6. When we come to Luke chapter 11, this is actually a time when it's Jesus and his disciples. And one of them asked that question, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is where Christ gives a great lesson on the area of prayer. And so I think if we all tune in, even though maybe some things we've heard before, we'll be reminded, it'll strengthen our walk with God. It'll help us as we prepare for Community Sunday. And I believe it'll just help us in our everyday walk. So let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Just in the quietness of your own heart, why don't you take a moment and give God permission. God, please speak to my heart tonight. And then make the commitment that God, as you speak to me, I'm listening to you and I wanna respond tonight. Dear Lord, we do thank you for the day. Thank you for the safety you gave us here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the ability and the freedom to come out and to worship you. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd speak to us through your word. And then, God, I want to pray that you'd help us, those that are believers here, that they'd be challenged in the area of prayer and that you'd help each one of us to understand importunity and praying with expectation and, uh, Lord, just desiring for you to work. And then, God, I pray that if there's someone here tonight that may not know you as their personal Savior, they don't know if they died today, that they'd go to heaven. God, I pray that today would be the day they come to know you and that they would understand what it means to receive you into their life. We love you and we pray that you bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we come to this passage, we already just got the context. Let's just kind of jump right into the message. And I want us, number one, to see Jesus teaching the lesson and the purpose and and kind of the thought, it's called the priority of prayer. And uh, we see the priority of prayer in this. And we actually don't see Jesus teaching it through words. We see him teaching it through action. I want you to notice verse number one, Luke chapter 11, verse number one. Look what it says there. It says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, as he was praying in a certain place, there's something pretty amazing that's taking place Right, right when you open Luke chapter number 11. And it's found in those words, as he was praying in a certain place. Who's the he that it's talking about? It's talking about Christ. Now what's amazing about the statement, he was praying in a certain place? What's amazing is that this is Jesus, God in the flesh. So why is Jesus in the flesh? I mean, he is God. Why is he praying to God the Father? I think we need to understand that he's helping us see the importance of prayer. Now, what's very uh, intriguing about it is the phrase, in a certain place. It doesn't just say he was off praying in the distance. It says in a certain place. That phrase, in a certain place, it means that it was a selected place. It was a chosen place. So I believe in this passage that we could, we could kind of, through the context and through uh, some study, we could discover that Jesus Christ was doing what he normally did. He would go off to a certain place, to a selected place, and he would pray. Did you know Jesus in this passage, this priority of prayer, he's helping us understand and he's demonstrating to his disciples, and then I believe to us, the reader later, He's, this, he's uh, um, de- demonstrating to us the importance of prayer. Now, again, I recognize maybe who's here tonight and folks that have been saved for probably years and some maybe trusted Christ just recently, but I think everybody here would say, oh, yeah, yeah, prayer, prayer is important. I think we all would say that. Prayer is important. But why is prayer important? Well, you know, it's because the Bible tells us to. Okay, that's... You know, that's, a, that's an okay answer. Prayer is important because prayer is how we communicate to God. Now, does God know our thoughts? Yes. But prayer is the way that we communicate those thoughts to God. It's us opening our hearts, submitting to the Lord. It's us coming to him, saying, God, we recognize that you are creator God and every situation is in your control. This is something that Jesus was demonstrating to us because he understood that. He understood the importance of prayer. You go to scripture and we don't, we don't have time to do all the passages, but Jesus oftentimes, the Bible says that he often retreated to pray, that oftentimes he would retreat and pray in a certain place, a selected place, helping the believer, helping the disciples see he knew that it was important. As Jesus did this, I think Jesus understood that uh, prayer moved, moves God, uh, one man said it this way, that prayer is the, um, uh, the nerve that moves God's hand, and understanding that prayer is something that moves God's hand, that helps God respond to a situation. We can see it all throughout scripture. You think about 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, Elisha, he prayed, and it didn't rain for three and a half years because it says this, it was according to the prayer. God answered the prayer. And then at the end of the three and a half years, Elisha prayed again, and it rained, God showed up, miracles happened. You can go all throughout scripture. I think about Joshua. I think about Moses. I think about Abraham and Joseph. Other places all throughout scripture where people prayed and God answered that request. This is something that Jesus knew and, uh, and, and was, is demonstrating for us. And when you look at prayer, he knew that you need, should put a priority upon prayer. And for every believer, we need to remember this, that putting, priority on, that putting a priority upon prayer It should be a priority in our life. Let me say that five times fast. Man, putting priority upon prayer should be a priority in my everyday life. You say, well, what's so important about prayer? There's a few thoughts I just give you. These are just side thoughts tonight. A few things about prayer. Prayer is not wishing. A lot of people say, well, you know, believers and non-believers. Well, prayer, it's just kind of wishful thinking. No, prayer isn't wishing. Well, what is Prayer. Prayer is going to God with that communication. Prayer is admitting. Prayer is eternal. Think about what prayer is. Prayer prayer can have a lasting effect on eternity. Praying for someone to get saved and God working in that person's heart. Praying for God to uh, protect people. I mean, just different prayers that God gives us to pray. Uh, These prayers, they're eternal. And the last thing, just a quick thought, is prayer is needed. And prayer is something that's needed in our life. It should be a priority. It's needed for that daily relationship. Let me ask you real quick, and this is a simple lesson. Uh, The Bible, that's God's way of speaking to who? To us. Prayer is our way of speaking to God. That's just communication. And what builds relationships? Communication. If you're communicating to your spouse, you're gonna build a relationship. If you have a husband and wife and they never talk, how strong is that relationship gonna be? Man, not very strong. Some of you are like, see, I told you, you should talk to me more. Now, listen, we have to have communication if a relationship's gonna be built. God's word to us is our, is our way of hearing from him. Prayer is our way of communicating back to him. There's two types of prayer. I'll give them to you very quickly. Number one is personal. There's personal prayer, and I think this is on your handout. Uh, <clears throat> Luke chapter 11, verse number two, it says, when ye pray. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse number six says, when ye pray, this is personal That should take place in our life, but then there's also corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is when God's people gather together, like on a Thursday night. We gather together and we pray. Uh, We see this in the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, verse 42, Acts 4, 31, Acts 12, 12. And so I just want us to see, and and we're going through this quickly, that God's word puts emphasis upon, upon prayer just like Jesus did. In Luke 11, verse number one, Jesus put priority upon prayer. But notice number two with us, the pattern for prayer. All right? Jesus teaches a pattern. He teaches the way to pray. Now, those of you that maybe have been around Catholicism a little bit, uh, you'll remember probably growing up and, and saying your Hail Marys and uh, saying, saying the, the Lord's Prayer is what they would call that, the Lord's Prayer, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And, and you might remember that. Let me help us out with just some biblical uh, theology, biblical truth thinking. The Lord's Prayer, actually, this isn't it. The Lord's Prayer is John 17. That's what Jesus actually prayed. That's the Lord's Prayer. What you find in Luke 11 and Matthew 6 and a couple other places are patterns to pray. It's not, Jesus didn't say, repeat after me. He said, you pray in this manner. All right, well, what do we learn about this manner? Here's what we learn in verses two through verse number four. He said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven. So on earth, give us day by day our daily bread. And Forgive us our sins, for we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What's Jesus teaching? Well, he's teaching a pattern for prayer. What is that pattern? You have it right there in your handout. Letter A, adoration. Adoration. Adoring God. This is worship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, what is that? That's ascribing worth, the, the, the term worship. We're gonna learn this this Sunday in our Life Stage Fellowships, our Life Stage Groups, that the term worship, it means worth and ship, to ascribe worth to. Uh, we're joining together to ascribe or to attribute worth to somebody. When you look at the idea of our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, what are we doing? Man, we're coming before God. We're adoring who he is. You are God. Hallowed be your name. Your name is sacred. You are set apart. It's the believer, the prayer, praying in humility and in submission, saying, God, I submit, I adore you. All right, so adoration is first. Submission is right after that. All right, we're coming to him in that humble heart, and then we're submitting. How are we submitting? It's in that phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. That's the submission. It's saying, I don't want my plans. I want your plans. Can I just help us real quick tonight? And this is, this is a, a difficult pill to swallow. But sometimes God's plans aren't your plans or my plans. But growth, listen, growth can really take place when submission is happening. Even through hard times. And so we have to we have to understand the idea of being submitted to God's will. God, this is this is not what I want. But I'm submitting to you. Thy will be done. Where do we read Jesus demonstrating that in Scripture? Anybody know off the top of your head? In the garden. I heard it. In the garden. Matthew, you have the passage right there. Matthew 26, 39, he went a little little further and fell on his face and prayed. What he prayed? He prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup, the cup of wrath, let it pass from me nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus Christ in his flesh, in in his humanity, 100% man was submitting to the will of God. We see this in Luke chapter 11. We see adoration, we see submission. So when we pray, we worship God, we submit to God, and then comes some requesting. It's for our provision, all right? That's that third provision. This is give us, this, or give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread. You know what Jesus is demonstrating for us? He's taking the personal need to the Lord. And I want you to understand, this is a personal need, Not necessarily personal wants. When we pray, are we quick to say, God, here's what I want? We are, aren't we? Let's be honest. We're quick to say, uh, God, I really, really want you to bless with that new car. God, I really want to get that raise. God, I really want. Here's what Jesus did. God, I want to worship you. You are holy. You are righteous. Hallowed be thy name. I submit to you. And then God Would you provide for me? Would you provide my needs? Would you provide my necessities? Don't think it out loud, the answer to this question, but why do you think it's important to pray needs before wants? Just think think about that. Why would we think think that? Now, anybody have a good answer? What do you think? Why is it important to pray needs before wants, Maggie? All right, so we're not selfish. That's a good answer. We agree with that, Alan? Okay, so God can work through us, uh, the Holy Spirit working through us, working on us first, focusing on outward, not in. All right, so the, the selfishness. God is our Heavenly Father, and He wants us to go to Him and ask Him. He knows what we need before we ever ask. Okay, so He knows our relationship, right? He's the Heavenly Father. He knows what we need, but He wants us to recognize, I need this from you. And I think that's key, Mary. Okay? Like, um, My needs are the survival things. My wants are kind of just the extra, extra blessings. Miss Max? All right, sometimes we want more than we need and we want, need, to, need to focus on those needs. Those are all good answers. I'm not looking for a right or wrong answer. I just want to get us thinking tonight, why is it important to pray needs before wants? And all of those answers are correct. But the truth is... What it does, it helps us begin to probably delineate or discover or decide what's the difference between needs and wants when we're praying. Because sometimes we can pray and we pray a want and afterwards we're thinking, that's kind of selfish. Man, so here's Jesus, he says, when you're praying, pray adoration, pray submission, pray for provision. That third or fourth thought right there is confession. Man, confession should always be part of our prayer. What is confession? Forgive us our sins, for we also, for uh, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. This is Jesus setting the pattern of admitting that we have sinned before Him. Now I'm going to tell you something. My dad and my uh, my mom even tried to teach me growing up. Oftentimes, I would hear my parents. My dad, maybe before preaching a message, he would say something like this. He'd be praying. He'd say, "God, we pray that you'd forgive us our sins." And, uh, and bless our message. In Jesus' name, amen. And he you know, that'd be some form of his, of his prayer. And so then at home, you know, my parents would be teaching me to pray. He'd say, all right, now you gotta ask God to forgive you of their sins and trying to, you know, teach me this confession part. And I would say, and God, I pray that you'd forgive us of our sins, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, that's okay. You're kind of getting the gist of it. But listen, when you're involved in personal prayer, at church, that, That's great. All right, at church, God, we pray that you'd just forgive us where we fail you, forgive us of our sin. That's great. But when you're in your personal time, it should be, God, I pray that you'd forgive me for that word. God, I pray that you'd forgive me for that thought. God, I pray that you'd forgive me for that action. God, I know that I and it's ask, ask the Lord. Ask God, God, help me to remember the sin before you. Because if we're not careful, we get in the habit of just, well, we're all sinners and God, just forgive me my sins. And we never get specific. And so we never know ways that maybe God's been trying to convict us or we never really uh, nailed down struggles that we have with certain sins. And we understand that a a lot of Christian growth could happen more steadily if believers would step back and say, God, point out specific sins, right? The psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Man, help me pinpoint it. And so we need to make sure we have that confession. And then that last area, two things is direction and request. Direction and request. We read there, Jesus says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord closes this pattern with asking for leadership and direction. Lead me not into temptation and deliver. There's leadership and there's direction. This is probably what we would call that personal request time. Going to the Lord and saying, "God, now here's some of the things that are on my heart. Would you lead me? Would you help me? Would you give me direction here? Would you give me wisdom here?" This might be the time where we throw in uh, those uh, the personal wants that we might have. Uh, again, not just God bless the new car and stuff, but things that we believe are in accordance with God's will. And we'll talk more about that. So we see the pattern of prayer. We're talking about the priority of prayer. Very quickly, let's look at the persistence in prayer. All right, number three, the persistence in prayer as Christ closes the example of prayer, he then goes directly to an illustration to teach another principle. And the principle that he teaches is called importunity. Importunity. Let me give you real quick the definition of importunity. It means this, to ask someone pressingly and persistently for something or to do something. All right, it's just persistence. Persistence. How many of you have a child every now and then that is showing importunity? Uh, All of us, right? It is mom, 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 dad, 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 dad. dad, You know, that's the importunity. Now, here's what we need to understand. And this is what Jesus says. In the passage, he says that there's two neighbors. We get the gist of it. Uh, There's Dennis and there's Leo. And I go to Leo and knock on Leo's door. Hey, Leo. Leo. I have some guests that came over tonight. Could I borrow some food? No. <laughs> Leo on the inside says, I'm in bed. Go away. Opens the door, cracks. Says, Man, we're already in bed. The kids are tucked in. Go, no, get, get some tomorrow. But I have friends. They just came. Leo, can I get some food? No. And here's the context what it's given us. Leo shuts the door, and the neighbor goes, Dennis, what do you want? Leo, I got some neighbors. I need some food. I told you, the kids are in bed. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Go home. No, I've got, I've got some neighbors. I need, that's, the, that's the idea of the context. Now, question. In our humanity, think about this. Is that annoying? Yes. That's annoying. But can I tell you something? God does not share the same thoughts about that that you and I do. God doesn't get annoyed. He doesn't get annoyed at all. As a matter of fact, God says, if you don't ask, that's what annoys me. God says, if my children don't come to me, that's what I'm displeased with. But what I'm pleased with is importunity. What I'm pleased with is persistence. Look at it. Look what he says. Verse number eight: Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as much or as many as he needeth. So it's because of the importunity, because of the persistence, man. Because Dennis won't leave Leo alone, fine. Leo gives it. Just take some and go. That's that's the mindset of humanly speaking. But look at the next verse. It clarifies us what God says. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. These verbs in the Greek and in the English, they are called active verbs. All right, here's our English lesson. You know what an active verb is? It's a verb that has action, right? So here's the action of the ask word, okay? Here's the action. Ask, 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 ask. That's the, that's the action. You know what the action of the seek word is? Seek, 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 seek. Knock, 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 knock. It's important. It's persistence. This is, what, this is what Christ is saying, He's gonna provide, Leo's gonna provide Dennis bread because of importunity and really because of inconvenience. I say unto you, regarding this relationship: ask, 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 seek, 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 knock, knock, knock. Keep going. Man, God wants us to have persistence. Jesus, Luke 18:1, spake a parable unto the disciples. to to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to, what's the word? Faint. Faint. Don't stop. Man, keep praying. Keep going to the Lord. Keep seeking him. God wants us to continually be before him with all of our requests. Why? Because he's a heavenly father that cares and because he's a heavenly father that's different than all earthly fathers. And that's what Jesus gets to at the end. We look at the priority of prayer, the pattern of prayer, the persistence in prayer, but I want you to look at the promise for prayer. The promise for prayer. I'm gonna give you a very simple statement. It is on your handout. We're gonna give it and then I'll explain it. It's this. Every believer should pray with expectancy, knowing God Will answer. God answers every prayer request. Every one of them. The Bible principles back that up. You say, well, I've I've prayed some things and haven't got an answer yet. Yes, you have. The answer might be wait. It might be no, and it might be yes. God always answers prayer. Now let's talk about it. Verse 11, here's what Jesus says. If a son, if an earthly son, shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Hey, Dad, could I have a piece of bread? Hey, here's a rock, chew on this. That's the, that's the thought. If, uh, if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Hey, Dad, can I, I, you know, I have some fish to eat? Here's a viper. Why don't you eat this? All right, verse number 12. If he asks an egg, Dad, can I have an egg? And he gives him a scorpion. Now, you look at this, and we can kind of think, well, what's the correlation with this? You know what the child is doing? The child is asking for, what's he asking for? What is it, Quinn? He's asking for needs, Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Our needs, listen. Our needs are in accordance with God's will. God, through his divine will, says, I will meet your need according to my riches. Philippians 4. God desires to meet our needs, okay? In this passage, the son says, hey, dad, can I have bread? An earthly father, think about it. Those of you that have kids, you're not gonna say, here's a rock, chew on this. You're not gonna say, here's a serpent, eat this. You're not gonna say, no, you can't have an egg to eat. Here's a scorpion. Now, if you're camping, maybe you try this once, but it's probably not gonna take place. I want you to notice the last part of verse 13. Last part of verse 13. How much more? Or let's just do verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Here's what Jesus is getting. He's saying, if an earthly father knows how to answer the requests of his children you have to know that a heavenly father who's perfect, he knows in an even greater way how to answer the needs, how to answer the requests of his children. You have a heavenly father that knows, that cares, and that wants to hear from you. But sometimes we don't get the answer we want. And oftentimes, the reason we don't get that answer is because we're not, I mean, not the answer, sometimes the reason we don't see the answer is because we're not submitted. Submission is key. If I pray, God, here's my, I'm praying that you would help this person get saved. Okay, let's do that one. Is that in accordance with God's will? Yes, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's in accordance to God's will. God, I'm praying that Fred would get saved but let's say your whole lifetime, your whole lifetime, you don't see that happen. You know what God's answer on that, on that request is? God's answer regarding the salvation of people, can I give you this, is never no. God, God doesn't say no, they can't get saved. Here's what God says, it's up to them. So sometimes we're praying for something in accordance to God's will, We have to be submitted to say, God, whatever the outcome of this, I trust you. Now let's think about health. Okay, and I I recognize there's some situations in here and I'm not trying to, to step on anything. You know what with my dad? You know what my prayer request is? God, I pray that you heal him. That's my that's my request. But do you know what our family has to do? You know what my dad has to do? He has to submit. We have to submit. And I, I hate even talk. you can ask Hannah, I hate even talking about it. But it could be that two months or three months from now, I'm doing my own dad's funeral at this church. It, listen, it could be. And you say, pastor, how dare, if you even talk about it, that means it's, no, 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 listen. If we're gonna go to Bible, I have to be able to say, God, I submit to that. I, we submit to it. And I'm thankful that I've had a dad who's led in that. Man, the first day in, the office, in, the, in that doctor's office, my dad was like, well, all right. It's whatever, it's whatever God wants. Let's submit. And he led the way on that. And some of you have dealt with that. There's people in here that have lost loved ones and gone through that of having to submit. <clears throat> so I bring up the submission point because I want us to understand something, that submission is key in understanding God's answer. So we know that God will answer. Let me show you where the submission is in this passage to help us see the key. You know, it's verse number 13. Here's what it says. It says, how much more shall your heavenly father give the needs that you ask to them that ask him? Is that what it says? No, what's it say? It says, how much, shall your, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? That's confusing to me. I was studying this out, and I'm like, okay, here we are. You know, God's teaching this great pattern on prayer and the priority of it and persistence in it. And He says, all right, if your son comes to you and have a need, and uh, uh, you meet the need, don't you know God will do it in an even greater way? And how much more shall your heavenly Father? It doesn't say anything about the needs or the wants. It says, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You know, I think the key is in this, and again, the context of it, I'll give you the context real quick, those of you that want it. The context of it is Israel, the nation of Israel, they didn't believe that a person could have that relationship. Back to Matthew chapter number five, Jesus again teaching that, hey, you can have the Holy Spirit on an individual level. That's the context of it. But some of the application of it, when you and I pray in submission to God's will, if we pray in submission, And we surrender to God. And God gives us peace in our spirit. That's an answer. Every time we pray and we do it in submission, you know what God does? He allows the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, direction, peace, understanding. Even though we didn't say, God, I'm praying for this. Would you please give me your Holy Spirit? We already have the Spirit. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God, the Spirit, is living in you. And so when you and I pray and we're submitting, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He comes alongside. This is John chapter 13, 14, and 15. He comes alongside, and the Word of God says this. He teaches us all things. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So if I'm praying and I'm not in submission, I'm resisting the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's still there. But I'm kind of saying, no, I want, I, I want this, I want this. And I'm kind of resisting that. But if I pray in submission, God, I submit to you. Here's my request, but I submit to your will. You know, what the Holy, you know what God's gonna do? He's gonna use the Holy Spirit. He's gonna use the Holy Spirit to teach us and to help us understand his will in that prayer. Does that make sense? And I think sometimes you and I as believers, we need to step back and realize that submission is that key. But real quick, let me give you this, and we'll be done. I call this the promise in prayer because if you go through this passage and you look in verse number um, nine and 10, you find ask, seek, and knock, and then verse 10, it says, everyone that asketh receiveth, and him that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. The theme in that verse is a word called faith. When we ask, when we go to God, the principle that Jesus is going to teach in other places of scripture and is emphasized here is an area of faith. Now, I want us to see this idea that God desires that we would pray in faith or pray in expectancy. So we're gonna read some verses real quick. We got about nine minutes. It'll be done about 820, all right? We'll do that. So I'm going to do Matthew 8, verse 5 through 13. But Dan, would you read those ones? Matthew 8, 5 through 13. Beth, would you Matthew nine two? Brian, Matthew nine eighteen through twenty two. Hannah, Matthew 9, um, 27 through 30. Uh, Quinn, Matthew 15, 21 through 28. more Christie uh, Matthew 17:20 L- uh, Dustin Luke 1835 43. Let me ask you a quick question, those of you that didn't zone out during that. What was the theme in every one of those passages? You're thinking it. What was it, Jason? Faith. Oh, you just said it, faith. You raise your hand, man. You're scratching your head. Don't do that. Listen, it was faith. Did you catch that? In all of those passages, here's the words of Jesus or the words of the writer from Christ. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I haven't seen such great faith as I see here. Two verses. Write them down. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith. Man, that's going. That verse. Hebrews eleven six. That is going to God in faith. He that cometh to him must believe that he is, he is what? Yes, he is capable of everything and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. I I seek him in faith. Write down this one, Romans 5, one and two. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We are saved by faith and we continue walking in faith. By faith. What is faith? What is faith in prayer? Faith in prayer is praying with expectancy. Praying with expectancy. You say, Pastor, what does it mean to pray with expectancy? It means that I go to God believing That if my request is in accordance with His will, that's the submission. I believe that God could do anything. I believe that He could do anything. Now, let me wrap it all up with this thought. We started with planning, preparation, work, Community Sunday. Can I tell you that sometimes we do a lot of planning, we do a lot of work, we do a lot of preparation but we don't pray like we should. In our own personal walk as a church. And you know what we do sometimes? We annoy our God because we don't have importunity. We don't come to him in submission. We don't come to him with expectancy. We look at like a community Sunday. There's someone, I said this a couple weeks ago. There's one guy I'm praying for him to get saved. I've been praying for the same man for seven years. And he has not once stepped foot in the church. And he hasn't once allowed me to complete the the gospel with him. Does that mean I give up on praying for him? Does that mean God can't save him? No, you know what? I still believe God can reach him. And when I pray, I should pray with expectancy God, I believe that this man needs you, I believe it's in accordance to your will. Would you soften his heart? I believe you can. I believe you can break the barriers down. God, I believe that this guest could come. God, I, I'm praying and I believe that you can speak to the hearts of lost people that will come in and save folks that will come in. And I just wanna encourage you with this. As we go to Community Sunday, we're a few weeks away. Let's not plan, prepare, and work without the prayer. Man, let's be people of God that say Jesus set a priority on it. He gave us the pattern. There's worship. There's submission. There's confession. There's direction. There's all those things we looked at. But God, help me to be persistent in it because the promise is that if I follow that priority and I follow that pattern, the promise says God will answer. So, what do we do? We pray with submission, we pray with expectancy and we watch God show up and do the rest. Curtis Hudson, an old famous preacher, he said this, there is more that you can do after you pray, but there is nothing you can do until you pray. That's simply saying, God, we recognize that we cannot make something happen. And so I wanna challenge you as a church family tonight. Would you be one that says, God, I'm gonna seek you because I believe you can. And I think that God will work something great in us and through us, if we submit and pray with that faith and expectancy and watch God work. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit Moses Lake Baptist Church.